better or worse, the relationship between science, film, and media has long been intertwined. We're here to dissect that relationship, turning it inside out for all to see. And throughout the years, one truth has revealed itself. You don't need good science to make a good movie. But it sure makes it better. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Real Science Podcast, the podcast where three highly qualified professionals pick a movie and pick apart the science. My name's Kenan Smith. My name is Sean Crossan. My name is Michael Pace. Happy birthday to you. Uh-huh. No, it, it's not Happy today. It's, Happy birthday to you. Oh. No, Kenan, you really okay. shouldn't. It's not. Happy it's, it's... birthday, dear Sean <laughs> Oh, my God. Happy birthday to you. It's like Marilyn Monroe's in my house. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what Marilyn Monroe sounded like. You know that you know she's dead, right? You, you went from yes, wow, correct face. You were perfectly oscillating between <laughs> Marilyn Monroe and Nathan Lane. <laughs> <laughs> my two heroes. My two heroes. Yeah. Happy birthday, Sean. Today is, that's right, Sean's, it's not while we're recording, but today on release day, it's Sean's birthday. That's right. Sean, you're, you're like such an old boy now. You're like, you're like 20, you're like 22 years old. Yeah, I'm I can't believe how young you are. And you have a fucking PhD. How Mm -hmm. did you do this? Yeah, you're like uh, Doogie Howser. All right. Well, yeah, you got yeah, that reference. Sure. Sean Doogie Howser was um was a, a character played by Neil Patrick Harris in the in the eighties, and he was a very very smart young man that had an MD. Um, yeah, do you know totally, what that is? Totally. Oh, fucking Christ! Do you know what that show is? Yeah, I mean, I've heard of Doogie Howser. It's just a little before my time, you know. Like I'm only twenty two. Right. That's a you. Good point. You listen. To- <laughs> that's really true. But you do listen to like metal music from the seventies. So I assume mm-hmm. that you know you you have a pretty diverse uh, and, and old tastes. Yeah, Sean's pop culture references uh, stretch between Judas Priest and The Matrix. I have a mature right. palate. Okay, let's put it that. Yeah, way. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. I mean, you're you're like. I mean, you're, the woman you're married to is like eighty years old, right? You're right. So... I'm twenty two and Sarah's eighty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be super yeah. cool for her to hear that. Why don't we talk about the movie? Yeah, I'm actually twenty eight. I'm not twenty two, and my wife is also twenty eight and also has a birthday this week. So I'm gonna say happy birthday to Sarah. Dude, you guys are just so cute. And with your, you know what with I'm gonna do? Birthdays. What? I'm not gonna tell her happy birthday on her birthday. And this will be her birthday, and that way I'll know if she listened. Because oh, she'll be like, you that's didn't tell good. me happy birthday, and I'll be like, oh, no, I did. That's you good. Just, well, you just didn't listen to my podcast. So you'll have to bank on her like uh, not asking you why you didn't wish her a happy birthday for an entire week, because our, our episode doesn't come out to the 27th. Okay, yeah, maybe true. It's not a yeah. perfect plan, Kenan, okay, but no. it's the one I'm going to work <laughs> with. But you're a gambling man. I get it. Yeah, I'm a gambling man. Perfect. Uh, so everybody, this week we watched... Uh, we watched a pile of garbage on film this week. We did. Su- suggested to us by popular podcast personality, Kenan Stewart-Smith. <laughs> hey, Listen. Kenan, why did, you, uh, why did you suggest this movie? My full name is James Kenan Stewart-Smith, and I suggested it because Jude Law was in it, and it was on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but also Jude Law is worth, like 100%, all, yeah. every time Jude Law is worth. All right, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about why this movie was poop garbage in the ratings, but uh, 
I do want to get our uh, sweet, sweet disclaimers out of the way at first pace. So can you can you take that away? Yeah, sure. So we're, th- we're three PhDs and we have PhDs, which means that we know a lot about a very narrow field of, of knowledge. But <laughs> we're also very good at learning. And so we use that to explain movies and science to you all. We're going to do it with extreme detail. Um, that's probably going to bore you, but that's why you love us so much because we go into extreme detail. We're going to curse because um, it's after 7 p.m. on a mm-hmm. weekday, and that's when I start cursing. Mm-hmm. We schedule <laughs> it. Fucking penciled in. Pay yep. sent me a calendar yes. invite to the curse party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're. <laughs> it's it's actually it's it's a recurring event. I thought I sent you that. Like it happens. Like it happens every day. So I just did a recurring thing. Oh, but, is that what that okay. notification is that pops up on my? Phone? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. Every every fucking day at 7 p.m. It's like yeah. oh, curse time. <laughs> Yeah, I just got a notification from Outlook, and it just said, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's like, fuck, it's curse time. Um, <laughs> fuck yeah. But there's also a couple other things that we want to mention about this movie that you should also know before you actually sit down to watch it. Yeah, for sure. We uh, So first and foremost, this movie is incredibly gory. And uh, I don't mean like, for those of you who watched it, reanimator gory, where like all the special effects sort of look like someone put some mixed salsa and milk together. And that's the gore. Uh, this is like full on lots of surgery and lots of exposed tissue and stuff like that. So uh, if you're not into Jude Law uh, fucking Kali Ma style ripping organs out of people's chests, then maybe don't watch this because there's a good bit of it. So, Did we say what the movie is? Oh, yeah. The movie is Repo Man. You did say that. Oh, okay. I didn't remember if I actually said it. I have, uh, I have that, you know memory disease where i forget the thing i said five no, it's called before. it's called goldfish brain the, yeah, the it's called goldfish brain yeah it comes with my old age <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly. dude once you turn 22 everything goes downhill taylor swift <laughs> yeah it's just a, me so everything's a shithole yeah. so guys yes should we uh roll our d20s yeah let's do that i would like to get started uh pace you don't have to do it this week because you were kind enough to do it the week after without rolling at all the week after Sean and I split uh, pulled double duty. Yeah, it was That's his true. contractual obligation, but it was very kind. It's true. You you did I sign know. a contract at the outset of this podcast, but that did not stipulate it. I live to serve my fellow Aww. co-hosts. All right. It feels good. Here we go. Let's fucking roll them bones. Mm. I got a oh, 14. Man. Oh, I got an 11. I thought I was going to lose this one because you usually roll really low. Yeah, I got a, it was a 14. Well, lucky for the audience and you guys, I just finished watching this movie about one hour ago. <laughs> we got we got some sweet updates from you uh, in our Facebook chat. Fucking, hey, listeners, fucking buckle up because this movie is crazy. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, I mean, we're going to talk about the science on the show, but from a plot standpoint... Uh, oh boy like mm-hmm. let me just tell you it's 21 percent on rotten tomatoes for a reason okay? yeah it uh needs work um yeah hit it please do movie we watched is repo men it came out in oh my imdb page is closed <laughs> 2010 it came out in 2001 year it's... after repo the genetic opera came out is that a it, real thing yeah it's a movie with a similar plot sorry go ahead Oh, I didn't know that. Why did you pick this one, Kenan? Uh, I honestly thought it was going to be Jude better, Law? but it's the other one's a it. genetic opera. How do I mean? That's obviously better. It is, and it also is an opera, so it would have been far more entertaining than this. <laughs> would have been pile fucking of great. I'm really mad at you now. Look, we'll watch it next year when everyone's forgotten that we did this movie. 
Okay, okay, perfect. All right, so uh, the two leads in the movie are Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker. Uh, there's also Alice Braga, Liev Schreiber, and someone else, Karis Van Houten? Houten? Doing she's good. The fucking, she, she's the, she worships the Lord of Light. I don't know, but she's in this movie. She does, she does. <laughs> but it's uh, Rizza's also in this movie of interest. He plays, he plays a character named T-Bone. True, true. Okay, so the premise of this movie, it's set in sort of a, it's like a half dystopian Blade Runner-esque environment and half just like normal suburban America. Um, But essentially, we live in a time in this movie where artificial organs are commonplace but they're still extremely expensive so if you need a new liver or a kidney or a heart or i don't even know a spleen a pancreas whatever there are artificially designed organs that they can implant into you and apparently they work really really well yeah but like how much do they cost they're on these are on the scale of hundreds, yeah, of, hundreds thousands of thousands of dollars, dollars. like seven hundred thousand and it dollars. seems like in this movie apparently there's just no health insurance because they never <laughs> they never talk about that at all it's just people like getting sold out of pocket like listen you you owe it to your family to not die yeah and uh the whole premise of the movie is that well people get sort of strong-armed into getting these uh, organs and then they can't afford to make the payments because they're excessive and the repo men, Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker, among others, come after you and murder you and take the organ back after three months of no payments or late payments. Also, the place where you buy these, apparently, is just in the fucking mall. Yeah, there's... I fucking love the... uh, What's it? Is it like the lung mascot? (laughs) Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, it's like, like oh, lung I'm Larry suit. the Lung. Or, I wish it was honestly, it had big googly eyes on it. It would have been so much better. <laughs> Just like a fucking That's Chuck E. Cheese true. character. <laughs> but also the the interest rates on these organs, they were like 20%. Yeah, they were crazy high. It was like you were taking out like credit card like debt or something. 20, 20% on $700,000? Yeah, you're not, you're not paying money. that back. Like it's not going to happen. It's crazy. No, like they they know you're not. That's the thing. It's also crazy because it's like in a world, I guess, where personal loans don't exist because you could probably get a personal loan to pay for your organ and just have a way cheaper interest rate off your personal loan. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just like insane (laughs) that the option is, like, oh, you have no health insurance and you're going to die, but we have a magic organ and you have to pay us for the rest of your three month life, basically. Yeah, like that's exactly the weird paradigm of this movie. But anyways, I don't want to belabor this point too much, but for sure, we're um, not here to offer financial advice on a fake movie about fake words. True. Yeah, guys, read the fine print. Um, so Jude Law and Forrest Whitaker, Forrest Whitaker uh, basically just go and fucking murder people and take their organs back. Then they bring them back, scan them in, and I'm assuming they get repurposed eventually to go back to somebody else. And that's how they make money. So they keep reusing these organs in people after they kill yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Um, but while Jude Law, so there's some like drama with him and his like... I guess bride to be. I don't know if it's his wife or his girlfriend or what. I think but... it's his wife specifically. Okay. Yeah, it's his it wife. is his wife. Yeah, I didn't know if they were actually like married. Eight year old. Like kid. the way they. Well, anyways, whatever. 
Yeah, I guess they didn't. Ex- wasn't explicit. He, I think he wore a wedding ring. Wedding ring, though. Nobody's last names are in I this think. movie, so I have no yeah. idea. It's honestly yeah, not important, I guess. But basically, he's having troubles at home where his wife is like, "You need to go get a desk job because you're up late murdering people, and it's not good for our family." And Jude Law is basically like, "Yay, I'll take care of it," but he doesn't. Um, <laughs> so he's on. <laughs> he's on his quote last job, which is where shit always goes wrong, and he's been confiding in his friend Forrest Whitaker about how he's considering be joining sales and doesn't want to do repo anymore because he's trying to like make an effort to be a good family man. So on his last job, he goes to get someone's heart back and he uses a defibrillator on him and there is a issue with the defibrillator where it essentially zaps Jude Law instead of the guy that he's trying to get the heart from. Yeah. And this in turn destroys jude law's heart so he wakes up in the hospital and he's got a heart implant and his boss and everybody give him the same spiel like hey it's no problem like you can make the payments like everything will be fine um so now he's a repo man with an organ that he definitely can't afford and this entire experience for some reason completely changes jude law's outlook on life entirely within a day within a day so he's been literally just murdering people left and right to get their organs back and now he's like i can't they're people they're (laughs) They're people yeah jude like what the fuck (laughs) of course they are you've been killing them i can't stop thinking about how they're people with families and 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 lives right yeah bro that's the crazy thing is like he gets a heart transplant but the realizations he's having are like there were completely true and very prominent in his job like from the beginning like he just breaks into their houses and like murders someone in their kid's room or something like yep it didn't used to phase him and now it does so because of this there's like a montage where jude law is late on his payments and because he can't kill anybody anymore and he can't make any money so he starts getting desperate and he's like, I'm going to die, whatever, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Um, and his friend Forrest Whitaker is like, hey, come with me to this like fucking vagabond slum hole where all the <laughs> organ de- like degenerates live or whatever. The people right. who can't pay their all the debtors live. Right. And we'll just start fucking <laughs> harvesting some organs and you'll make your payments. And Jude Law essentially doesn't do- go through with killing anybody gets knocked out by a kid and wakes up next to this junkie woman that he saw singing in a bar months ago and just decides to like get her through her addiction and fall in love with her it's really weird he immediately lashes onto her and is like i have to take care of this person yeah it like makes no sense like so anyways he gets her through heroin withdrawal and then he's fully turned now he's like she has a bunch of organs, uh, organ implants. I have an organ implant and we don't want to die because I'm in love with this woman. So he goes through a series of plans where he's trying to like break into the place where he worked and mm-hmm. swap out organs that he's already repossessed to sort of like clear his debt and everything. But so they basically go back and forth with like heist plans, which is really just them busting in the front door <laughs> yep. and um, yeah, running right. from repo men that are after them. Right, Um, and then they also get, like, caught up with this chop shop guy who is supposed to, like, help replace a lot of organs because she gets injured really badly, and that's, like, an entire subplot. Is it? 
Yeah. That doesn't really amount to much, though. But is yeah. that the guy that came after like, them it before? It doesn't matter. No. So this was, um, uh, what's his name? Hold on. Who is in the past? <laughs> John Leguizamo? <laughs> it's John Leguizamo. Wait, what? Was he in this movie? Yeah, he was. I did not see this part of this movie. <laughs> I wonder if you watched, like, maybe that's the uncut version. The uncut version includes John Leguizamo. <laughs> like, literally... Oh, this, they could have. Wait, Sean, how long was it? Was the movie like an hour you? and fifty-one minutes or something? Oh shit! This yeah. seat, ours was ours was. <laughs> yeah, the ours scene was exactly. did not exist in the movie I watched. A hundred percent. Oh, interesting. John Leguizamo was not in this movie. <laughs> well, I'm sure it improved the movie drastically. Let me make sure I'm not crazy. I'm almost positive he was in this movie. I just maybe I just didn't notice it. I don't know. I, like, <laughs> maybe maybe John Lucas sure, didn't sure. leave a strong I mean, it was impression a fast on you. Scene. <laughs> it was. I don't know, dude. This this movie was fucking. Okay, let's get back into it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's keep going. Sorry. It doesn't matter. Sorry about our Liguizama break. So basically, between a series of them trying to get their name cleared from this debt list, they also are running into Repo Men trying to get the organs back from them, and there's a climactic scene in the movie where Forrest Whitaker has been sent to go get organs back from Jude Law, his like best bud. Um, and they have like this kind of final fight where Forrest Whitaker confesses to Jude that like he switched the electrodes on his defibrillator because he yeah. was trying to injure him and keep him from going into sales. Basically he didn't think it was going to destroy his heart entirely, but he basically says, like, you're in this situation because I put you there. Yeah. And Jude Law and him just fucking start beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. It was um, a very, like, flimsy justification on the part of that antagonist. Right. Because it also, like, doesn't make any sense how that would stop him from going into sales. But, I mean, yeah. you know, it actually... Well, because he, cause sales sales gets paid less, right? So they, he would... It was to get him to keep being a repo man so that he would keep stay on his team and keep on taking organs back from people because that makes more money so he can afford the payments on his new organ. He wanted him to get the new organ. That's fucking wild, though. Mm, It's fairly convoluted. Yeah, it is. They basically Mm -hmm. get in this fight, and the movie sort of has a Shyamalan twist in it, okay? so (laughs) (laughs) You got to talk about the bad sex scene, the the bad sexy surgery scene. Yeah, so I'm going to get to... How about this? We'll, We'll do it chronologically like the movie. So they get in a fight, and Forrest Whitaker knocks out Jude Law with like a giant metal, I don't know, fucking claw or something. Because I don't know why that's there, but it is. He basically hits him in the head with an engine block. like Yeah, with an engine block. Yeah, basically. That's so, how fucking big this thing is. Jude Law recovers from this hit from an engine block. And they send, he essentially comes up with this plan after he sees that Forrest Whitaker has like been tranquilized by his girlfriend companion. They're like, okay, we'll break into the headquarters like heart or the uh it's organ the organization yeah yeah and we will destroy it and that way we'll ruin the whole system so there's a big like essentially 30 minute scene of them just like busting in and just fucking murdering everybody in there <laughs> that gets yeah. in their way there's like a cool fight scene where Jude Law's just like slicing people up that he's like encountering, which is crazy because he refused to kill people earlier in the movie. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yes, it's and so he crazy. murders like, so many people. 
He's all also the way been there. like using a tranquilizer gun this whole time, and then this is the first time he just has like a fucking real gun that he stole from like the He's security officer, just blowing like blowing people to, to bits. So it's insane. Like, there's a scene where he literally yeah, turns to his girlfriend and is like, "Kill anybody that walks in this room." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like, okay, Jude, Mister, I won't kill anybody. Exactly. So. Uh, basically they, they get into like the fucking heart of this organization and they realize they're like the only way to get into the machine is to repo ourselves. <laughs> we have to scan our own organs back in. <laughs> so there's a prolonged like 10 minute scene that I can only describe as like Sexy some surgery. erotic like surgery basically yeah. erotic yeah. surgery That's what it is. Yes. erotic yes, surgery exactly. so jude law and alice braga and jude law are just like slicing each other apart and j- jamming this like scanner into each other's bodies to scan yeah. the barcodes on their like still beating artificial hearts and stuff yep while mm-hmm. also just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. making out it's this is really like weird energy where like Jude Law literally like <laughs> shoves the scanner in her mouth and everything. It's very, very weird. It's uh It's super weird. And it goes on longer than a family guy sketch. Like it is just well yeah, past the yeah. point uh-huh. where I wanted to watch it anymore. Yeah. I actually almost turned the movie off at this point because it was too much. I honestly was afraid they were gonna just start having sex. I was like, they're gonna start <laughs> having sex. And like well, like when so Forrest Whitaker is still in hot pursuit of them at this point, and he essentially comes into the room after they've just finished scanning each other's organs, essentially. Mm-hmm. And Jude Law looks at him and is like, he's like, was it worth it? And he's like, she's worth every job we've ever done. I've known her for a week. Forrest Whitaker just fucking kills their, he's just like, okay, and just kills their boss and is like, I'll help you out. And they, long story short, they all get out okay, and they blow up the entire organization. And then the next scene is them on a beach, just like drinking mai tais. <laughs> and I, I was joking that that was going to happen, but it actually did. And essentially, that's the entire movie, except for this one tiny twist that they throw in at the end, mm-hmm. where it turns out that in his previous fight with Forrest Whitaker, when Forrest Whitaker hit Jude Law with an engine block. Jude Law was just brain dead after that, and they put a neural <laughs> implant in him, and he's just dreaming about being on the beach. Yep. And that's that's the fucking end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's it. It's crazy. I know I kind of ending. yelled a lot of that, but it's because I'm just so fucking, like, The movie up. was awful. Like, Ugh. it was awful. Some of the fight scenes are well choreographed i guess <laughs> like, i guess there but there's so many scenes where like all you can that, say like where the choreography is just like okay now do this badass move that makes no sense in a fight yeah like even that was just I yeah don't know. no i mean it wasn't great it's also like the changes that jude law's character undergoes are like so unjustifiable it's also not like it's jude they law's fault like he's a good actor but it's just like he just like flips on a dime like Oh, I'm murdering people. Oh, now I can't murder people anymore. Oh, now I'm murdering people again. Like it's yeah, fucking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no struggle. Yeah, there's it's not, it's not very consistent in regards to the characters' motivations at all. I mean, that's what we get for letting Kenan pick the movie. Yeah, let it, <laughs> honestly, letting me pick the movie. Uh... <laughs> but okay, so now that I've blabbered on about the plot, mm-hmm. guys, 
let's talk about all the the tons of science in this movie, huh? <laughs> Great science. Yes. Okay. I want to do Pace's right. thing first because he had a really good idea. Let's do that first. Yeah, Pace. All Hit right. us with some science. Well, okay. So I'm watching mm-hmm. this movie and I see all these different artificial oh, organs. Story, and yeah. in case we didn't mention it, um, I didn't hear what you said, Kenan. Um, in case we didn't mention it, in this in this movie, the organs. Uh, appear to be artificial, but not only artificial, they appear to be mechanical. Like they're made out of like metal, uh, and and sometimes even like a, like a clear plastic-looking substance. Um, and so, one of the first things that I thought was, you know, it, I was trying to relate it back to like things that are things that occur like today and like modern medicine as we have it today. And there are these these things called medical devices that exist. Medical devices are like. Think of like a pacemakers. Anything from like a sophisticated to a pacemaker to as simple as like a thermometer. These are all medical sure. devices. And like, and so I thought like, huh, like are all these organs, are they medical devices? Because they, they, like a pacemaker or a thermometer doesn't replace something in your body, right? Or like it's, or at least it doesn't, it doesn't function like chemically, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's like an artificial uh, measurement or inducer right. or something. So, like, what what are you what do you guys think? Like, do you think these these organs are they medical devices or like how would how would you classify them? Like, according to like if if they were to exist today. I mean, I would personally say that they are medical devices. So the first thing that jumps into my mind is uh, something like a dialysis machine, right? So if someone is going yeah, on dialysis, right. they're effectively hooked to a machine that's doing the job that their kidneys should be doing, right? So um, the that would be considered a medical device, and realistically speaking, a replacement mechanical kidney uh, effectively does the same thing. So I would call that a mechanical device. Yeah, I mean, um, a dialysis machine is just a non-implantable kidney, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's basically what it is. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I would also. I mean, I think it's a medical device. Like my wife works on cochlear implants, which are like a medical device that gets implanted in your ear to stimulate your auditory nerve and let you mm-hmm. hear. And it's like, that's a medical device, and it's also replacing the function of your ear. Sure. And, so. and I guess the, the important thing, too, is that would you consider a replacement organ, much like a replacement arm, a prosthesis? And is that different from a medical device, right? So, like, is an artificial organ a medical device and also a prosthesis, or is it one or the other? Yeah, I think those are those are like both really good takes. Sean, I would, you say, say something I would else? probably consider them both like mm-hmm. a prosthetic medical organ. Yeah, I'm so I think that the organs in the movie, it, it, like today, they would have to they would be some new term to define what this sure. is. But what I want to kind of get like get across is that these are actually not medical devices by the standards of the oh, FDA. Okay. And you know there are other there are other like federal agencies like the EMA that might have say this differently but according to the fda standards like this would not be a medical device because apparently like the defining feature that differentiates like a drug from a medical device is that if it doesn't function or like achieve its purpose through chemical action or being like metabolized in the body then it's a medical device and and if it's if it's a drug and it does function through Mm -hmm. that way uh, and that's how that works. So, like, for example, I would assume these organs, right? It's an entire heart or, like, it's an entire, you know, liver or whatever it is. It's going to be, like, 
function through chemical action and metabolizing mm. something. That's that's how I would interpret this happening. So I would say no, it's probably not a medical device, at least according to like FDA okay. standards. I mean, to that point, I brought up the uh, the FDA uh, page on uh, implants and prosthetics. Um, and they stipulate, I mean, they yes. St- what does that say? say? They stipulate here that mini implants are, uh, are prosthetics intended to replace missing body parts. Um, so this might just be fall into a subsection of, uh, prostheses. Um, you know, we could consider something like a full replacement heart or a full replacement, um, esophagus was one of the things in this movie, uh, esophagus. Fall, oh my God. To yeah. fall under, uh, this, this kind of thing. I mean, based on the nature of just what the organs looked like in the movie, I would not necessarily assume that they work by chemical interactions. Like a heart just has to pump the blood, basically. Mm -hmm. Like it has to be able to pump the blood and respond to stimuli from your body. Like when you're working out, it needs to increase pumping rate and stuff like that when you're eating, when you're doing all these different things. But like the actual mechanics of it are just it has to pump the blood. So, like, I don't know if it need. You can have a chemical sensor on something, but I don't know if it's metabolizing chemicals necessarily. Well, it's, like, chemical action or being metabolized. So, like, it's an either-or for it, like, to not be a medical device. I agree, Sean, that, like, just, like, the simple action of pumping blood could probably be achieved, like, mechanically. But, like, and this is where we get into, like, just, like, kind of hand-wavy, you know, where we don't really know how it would work. Like an artificial liver. I get what you're saying. Like, it probably has to be. Yeah. Like, what the liver does is it metabolizes byproducts of like digestion and metabolism that are in your bloodstream yes. and like for an artificial liver to function it has to do that right so like mm-hmm. that, that i get i get what yes. you're saying i was thinking i guess the heart is probably in my mind i was like oh it's just a device that pumps the blood but i guess when you're talking about like livers and kidneys and shit like you really it really does have to have some sort of chemical interaction for sure it does and, and i mean it does. i it, depending on how you want to define that too, like an artificial lung is the same thing because, you know, in artificial lungs, these are often called extracorporeal membrane oxygenation units. So this is an ECMO. An ECOG. It's an ECOG. You were close. Uh, no, the, wait. <laughs> the, the purpose of these is uh, so that you can actually exchange oxygen and carbon dioxide, dioxide with the blood. So like what your lungs would normally be doing, but you're passing this over uh, a series of hollow membranes um, and then passing it back into the body. Therefore, it's sort of, you know, performing the same functions that your lungs lung should be doing. So the question is, do you consider that gas exchange a chemical reaction? And I, I lean on the side of no, um, because that exchange to mm. me, I mean, I'm not the FDA, but that exchange to me performs the same kind of thing that Sean was saying, like uh, that of a heart, which is uh, oftentimes not even electrical stimulation. If it's an entire heart, that transplant is doing all of the work aside from the uh, stimulation that it gets from the body through like neurons and whatever you're connecting it to. Right. Right. But even that would be, a, would be a chemical interaction True. at that point. If, if it's, if it's receiving input from the body and if it's, if it's, if it's receiving biological input from the body. Yeah. Then... But like a thermometer is receiving input based on like thermodynamic energy. Right. But it's not. Yes, but it's, it's not, not chemical. Chemical. Sure. I guess. But like, what if you used a breathalyzer? Like a breathalyzer is receiving chemical information, but it's not a, like, it's not having a, it's not metabolizing yeah, something. It's right. not a drug. Well, but it's a breath, breathalyzer is not something that you implant into the body, like to serve a purpose. Yeah, but right? thermometers you don't implant either. They're mm-hmm. external. True. True. Man, I'm fucking yeah. glad we don't work at the FDA. This yeah, sounds you're right. Fuck. This sounds oh, complicated. Boy, what what, what do they do all day? <laughs> 
The the only reason I, I wanted to bring this up because I, I have to think about this all the time. Not all the time, but like a lot of the time at work. I have to think sure. about this whenever I'm like a researcher. No, it's a really trials. good point. Like what, I mean, like what these new agents are considered from a regulatory standpoint and how they have to be used in patients. Mm-hmm. It's important. For sure. Um, and I mean, I, from so. the, the rhetoric that I found uh, just reading for this specific movie, a large number of things just refer to these things as prostheses. Um, I think that's the most accurate description that we could give yeah. it based upon like standards. Better today. implants. Like, uh, and, and you gave us kind of a nice segue into some of the existing stuff that is out there. I mean, like uh, this one's about organs specifically, but when we think of prosthetics, we immediately think of like prosthetic arms, prosthetic legs. Um, mm-hmm, and, you know, mm-hmm. things like legs don't necessarily require this as much as arms because you're not using them for man- manipulation. But uh, newer artificial arms actually receive input from the body. So they, you know, you yeah, are yeah. able to take electrodes and place them into nervous tissue. And then although you aren't immediately able to use them because we can't make that, uh, those fine distinctions when connecting these things, uh, you can learn how to use it just by different, uh, uh, methods of stimulation. Um, and this kind yeah. of thing extends to, uh, implants and other replacement things. Like I, I think Sean, obviously we could get an expert on here to talk about it a little bit more, but Sean could talk to us a little bit about how a cochlear implant works. Uh, yeah, yeah. I idea. mean, I know a bit from just like exposure to my wife's line of work all the time, yeah. <laughs> but I also do work on ushers. So that's like, oh, a, okay. like, you know, the art, we work on the vision aspect and essentially mm-hmm. the only treatment for the hearing aspect is just to get a cochlear implant. So do you, do you think you could tell uh, our audience what usher is? So I don't think we're talking about usher wait, wait, can you, the fourth. Sean, can you, can you introduce me to, do you, to usher? Um, is that something that you could yeah. you could do? Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, but he danced so mm-hmm. good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sean, what's, what's so Usher's? Good. Please. Please. Uh, <laughs> okay, so Usher's Syndrome Pace. Sorry, not the rapper Usher. I guess R&B singer. I think he's more R&B. of a hip-hop, hip-hop R&B, R&B, R&B artist. Okay. Okay. Answer, but okay. Okay. Music legend Usher. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's a legend. Usher's he Syndrome is a syndrome where patients are either born with or develop um, significant or profound hearing loss and accompanied visual degradation or visual impairment. So basically with the Usher syndrome I work on, it's called Usher-1B. Um, it's a specific gene is mutated. Patients are born profoundly deaf, meaning they can't mm-hmm. hear really anything from birth. And then they have degenerative progressive vision loss. So, by the time they are in like early at, or early to late adolescence, like 18, 20, some patients can be completely blind. Um, gotcha. But it starts with like dysfunctional vision and it just gets worse and worse. Okay. Uh, and how uh, about a cochlear implant? Just sort of leading us back to uh, you know, right. this replacement so idea. In your ear, you have this organ called the cochlea and it has these cells called hair cells that essentially... Um, they stimulate the auditory nerve and that stimulates your brain and mm-hmm. allows you to hear. And these cells move based on the frequency of sound that you hear. So sound okay. is compressed air that moves fluid in your cochlea at a certain frequency and that stimulates different groups of hair cells. And that's how you're able to differentiate sounds. And the way the implant works is they actually stick an electrode in your cochlea so that it's pressed up against your auditory nerve and whenever sound comes in and electrically stimulates uh, the or goes through the electrode, it will stimulate the auditory nerve directly. Got you. So sort of like the uh, like learning how to lose a, use a prosthetic arm, you learn 
sort of how to uh, use this feedback to interpret it as sound yeah. and things like that. I mean, it actually is kind of crazy. The input is, I mean, if especially if you've been deaf for years, like mm-hmm. your brain will actually repurpose the, um, I guess the neurons that were initially devoted to interpreting the auditory signal mm-hmm. and you have to relearn what it's like to hear something stimulating those neurons because your brain will just use them for something else so people will sometimes when they start hearing they'll have like i don't like any sort of like phantom feelings like oh i don't know i don't i don't want to go into specifics because i'm honestly not an expert on this but i will confirm with sarah but i think people will have like mislocalized hearing to like limbs and stuff like they're like yeah for sure stimulates my arm or something and they have to like relearn that it's uh, that's sound you know yeah, I think. I mean, I think at some point we'll definitely get like we'll listen to some sort of auditory, uh, or watch some sort of auditory type uh, uh, movie, and then get her on the show and talk about it. Yeah, I think we should do that. I just gotta oh, make yeah. her do it. We can. We can do it. The other thing that I wanted to touch on just really briefly before we leave it all behind, uh, or these uh, uh, leave behind the general discussion on artificial organs, uh, is this idea of like instead of you know, for example, for the bladder, instead of putting a, uh, basically a pouch, uh, fashioned from like intestinal tissue, you know, from the patient or something like that, uh, or a heart and like actually using a physically mechanical heart is this idea of like trying to grow organs, uh, in the laboratory, maybe using stem cells. We should talk about that. Yeah. I mean, so honestly, when I first heard the concept of this movie, I thought that was going to be the case because I did too. For the most part, you know, things like a heart, we talked about, like, essentially, it really just has to pump the blood. But for things like a liver, like, it has to chemically break down things in your blood. And the only way I could think for it to really do that, that's not going to have to require it being taken out and put a new one in over and over and stuff, Mm -hmm. is if it was actually just a living tissue organ. So... It would have to be. Yeah, that's what I can't think of a way you could do that with like a metal organ or like a 3D printed organ or something. It just doesn't. Yeah. I mean, so I uh, just from a little bit of what I know or have read uh, again for this movie, uh, you can kind of get away with. I know that some people are trying to grow like entire organs, but you can kind of get away with doing both. Uh, So the best example is uh, a trachea. Um, so uh, I think in like 2019, there was a group who actually tried to take a hollow tube and line the interior with epithelial cells, uh, ones that you would find within your trachea. Um, and then, and then use that as an implant, as an implant. So you're kind of marrying the two things. And then the idea of like trying to make these matrices or these like, uh, materials that cells can actually grow on and grow in. Uh, and then use that. So you're kind of marrying the two things. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like getting cells to grow in 3D space and differentiate is like a pretty difficult task, right? Yeah, like, for sure. Like, it's not like if I took liver cells and put them in a plate, they would just grow flat. Like, they wouldn't grow into a liver. <laughs> like yeah. It's... You have to provide them something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and even then, they'll yeah, just yeah. grow to a ball. Like, <laughs> so that leads us. Real quick into something that we found before we started uh, recording. Um, there's a, a local school here in the Triangle known as, uh, or near the Triangle, known as Wake Forest. Um, specifically the Wake Forest School of Medicine, where a very interesting lab is is working on some stuff uh, in the, the Wake Forest Institute for Regenerative Medicine. 
And they're trying to do a lot of things like grow solid organs like the liver, the kidney, the heart, and the pancreas. Um, But there's one thing that we touched upon very briefly with each other that they're trying to treat where (laughs) patients who, uh, especially those as they get older, they start to struggle with issues of incontinence. Um, And I just want to say that if you're listening and you're part of the Wake Forest uh, Institute for Regenerative Medicine, I think that even as a scientist and coming from my background, you probably shouldn't have the very first thing listed as anal sphincters. <laughs> Listen, whenever you get old, it get hard I, to poo. Oh, and whenever it, it get hard to poo, you need to you need to get a new a new. I poo will maker. say after we stop making a bunch of butt jokes, uh, <laughs> we probably spent like thirty minutes before recording. It, was, it took us so long to start recording, and part of that was just talking about. Anal oh, sphincters. There's a lot of butt. There's a lot of butt puns. There's a lot of butt puns yes, in the there's world. There's an ass load. So <laughs> the the thing is, the way that they do this is actually pretty rad. Uh, because this lab has actually been able to isolate pre-existing tissue from a butt, uh, <laughs> and then literally grow a sphincter, and then put it onto onto an organism. And make and solve incontinence. Like this is the idea, which is wild to me. Those like poor grad students, man. <laughs> I know. I would hate to be the butt guy in a hey, lab. Uh, we're but... gonna need some of your butt tissue. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna need some of the butt. T- we need to do a butt biopsy stat. You want that recommendation letter, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Fuck. Go handle all my butts. I mean, it's super weird and ridiculous, but I, but I don't know. It's crazy to see like something that I had never actually thought about this like everyone knows that incontinence is a problem as you get older but like this lab is basically working on making assholes better butts i mean no butts about it your butt muscles your butt muscles get atrophied as Mm -hmm. you get older just like the rest of your muscles you know there's no the butt's not excluded from the the entropy of age and this lab is doing god's work and growing buttholes hey dan did you yeah remember to change the media on the butts And the ass sphincters? The butt media. Get the butt media. Well, I thought Rick was going to do it. Oh, uh, well, Rick's fucking out of town, man. These butts are going to go bad. Hey, Cassandra, can you check? <laughs> These butts look fine to me. <laughs> <laughs> These butts look happy. Oh, that's good. We got happy butts. All right. Nothing but happy butts in this lab. <laughs> Only happy butts here. Wait, hold on. How do you know if your butts are happy? Are they... They are look they, robust. Um, they've been know. fed. They... Are they they very they're just very they're clenchy. Plump. They're just real, <laughs> real I wanna move away from this now. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry. All right. We you're right. We already spent thirty minutes doing this before the show. And we can't keep doing it. We can't uh, keep we can't Kenan, we can't keep doing this. Kevin, we can't keep doing this. I still I still want to thank the the Wake Forest uh medical center for, for providing us with this great yeah, Absolutely. And also actually go check out their website. So if you go to school.wakehealth.edu or just fucking Google it, uh replacement organs and tissues Wake Forest, they have a very informative website with pretty good rhetoric on how you can read about it, uh oh. or how they're doing this. Um and they actually are doing like kidneys and livers and replacing the uh external ear structures. Uh, as well, so it's do pretty rad. they have any pictures? Uh, they do not. There oh. is a video under the anal sphincters section, oh, and I man. have not watched it yet. Right. Because I will, ha- we'll have to watch that in a minute because I'm I trying really to be a podcast professional. Like. <laughs> Christ, I have a uh, there's there's a friend of mine saying that with me this weekend. She's in the physician assistant program at uh, Wake Forest. I'm going to ask her if she knows about the butts. Hell yeah, <laughs> um, because that kind of news. Doesn't stay hey guys, here for I long. just googled Wake Forest butts. <laughs> and, nice. Uh, 
did not get the medical school. There was a guy named Jimmy Butts in the English department. Wow, good, good keyword usage, Sean. <laughs> good keyword There's usage. A Charles Caleb Butts. Doctor right. Charles. Okay. I don't want you to read out all the butts of uh, North Carolina. Do right. we have any other good, good science that was in this movie? No, we don't. This movie we was do have terrible. Some bad, bad science that I really wanted to talk about real quick. All right, let's hear okay, it. Okay, let's let's cover all the bad science real in a quick. Montage. There's this surgical adhesive that mm-hmm. <laughs> Jude Law just randomly has on him. Wound I, glue. Yeah, wound. It's wound glue, but it's actually like not wound glue. It's like <laughs> some sort of fucking it's like a can of raid basically i don't even know what it is but it um you basically he puts it on the wound and his wound just starts steaming and then closes Mm -hmm. up and it's fucking crazy that they just don't address it i had one very briefly uh in the uh erotic surgery scene near the end of this movie um the uh, female lead takes the i guess fucking walmart scanner and jams it into (laughs) the side of uh, j- below his rib cage, the side of Jude Law, and then just noodles her way up to his heart. Uh, and I guess Jude Law doesn't have a fucking diaphragm or lungs because she gets there no problem. Yeah, right. It's crazy. They're yeah, just like, bonkers. oh yeah, you know, we put these in in surgery in a hospital, but I can just stick a Walmart scanner in your body <laughs> and shove it there. up you. Like it's fucking crazy. Did you have one pace? Well, and like the body is a series of tubes, right? <laughs> and so she is ripping through those yeah, tubes. Yeah. It's tubes within tubes within tubes and membranes. But anyway, I mean, like, there are so many problems with this. Like, you're gonna have you're gonna have sepsis. You're gonna have infection out the wazoo. You're gonna lose. You're gonna. He would have passed out from the pain yep, for sure. She, he's he's not going to stay awake while she is sticking a metal scanner up underneath his rib. Yeah, cage. this whole scene, I was just yelling. These people are dying. These people are dead. This is not real. They're all dying. Yeah. Yep. And then yep. it turned out yep. it wasn't yep. actually it real. Was, <laughs> yeah, it was a fucking dream the whole time. I can't do this anymore. This movie's garbage. It's movie's Let's garbage. Rate it. Yeah, you're right. Let's rate this bitch. Let's rate it. All right, Kenan. Kenan, please go first. I'll be happy to do that. Um, I'm going to give the science. I So I want to make something perfectly clear. I am switching only for this movie to a 10-point scale, and that's because I need to be able to be... I need to be able to give it as low as possible an entertainment rating. Welcome so, to the fold, Kenan. Fuck off. I'm going to give it a two for the science because the wow. artificial organs looked believable. That was about it. Like an artificial heart looked like what I would expect. The artificial liver was at least shaped like a liver. And <laughs> <laughs> Real low margin for quality here. <laughs> Real, I'm trying to give it something. As far as entertainment goes, one out of ten. How? Sorry, hold on. You just... Wow, pitched. the entertainment was lower you than just the science. something, and I just wanted to come back to this. What if the hearts looked like fucking like Valentine's Day hearts that were just like shoved <laughs> in their body? <laughs> like, yeah, here's my prosthetic heart. I, I love a teddy you. bear holding Will it when you, you get in mine? there. I love you. Sorry, Kenan. No, you're good. Uh, the only other thing I said was entertainment, one out of ten. So Pretty on point. I can't believe your entertainment was lower than the science. Yeah, well, it's 2019. How? What about you, Pace? How? Be- you tell me. Um, okay. Um, I'm gonna give. Uh, I want to go back to five point skill. Thank you. So we can balance no, the scales. No, Pace, don't do no, this. that's good. I I'm like gonna it. give the science a zero out of five. Good. Okay. Because it was horrific, and I hated. That's it. That's breaking the law, um, but I will let you do it for this one. <laughs> for the, for this movie, I think that it should be allowed. Um, I don't. I don't really have to explain why it was terrible. I mean, it it was. Yeah. Uh, there are so many problems. In regards to the entertainment, I'm going to give it a one out of five. 
um, mm-hmm. because it was a very bad movie, but I still judged the entertainment value higher than the actual science itself uh, because the idea of the movie is cool. Repo Men for Organs, that's a sexy topic, but they did not execute it well. It also really bugged me when Jude Law said we have to repo ourselves because yeah. like repo Jesus. is short for repossession. Repossess. And like, yeah, yes. repossess. And it was like really bugging me how much they used it as like a catch-all word for everything. I know. Yeah. That made me mad too. Because uh, it, it wasn't that. They were checking their organs back in. Yeah, like a we got to repo library. ourselves. I'm like, what does that even fucking mean? <laughs> like, uh, science, I'm going to I'm gonna split the difference between the two of you and I'm going to give it a one out of ten. Because all right, all right. I think that... The concept for some of the prosthetic organs, uh, like a prosthetic eye, maybe, there is like an actual very rudimentary prosthetic eye Mm -hmm. um, that was made in a lab. I think things like those are realistic enough that we can give that like a one out of ten and then everything else like the fucking walmart organ scanning inside your body and like a metal liver that's supposed to actually function and like super hot wound glue or something like i don't know it's like dr t williams wound glue like spread it on (laughs) and all your wounds will be clear it's looked it's fucking crazy so i'm giving it a one out of ten for the science for the entertainment i'm gonna give it a three out of ten okay and that's because i watched it i wouldn't watch it again or That's wish fair. it upon people, but it was okay. I guess it was it was worse <laughs> than okay, but it wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. So I'm giving it a three Agreed. out of ten. Agreed. Yeah, that's I agree. Yeah, with that. I will say it's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but the latter half of the movie far outweighed any enjoyment I got out of the first half of the movie. Yeah, yeah man, it yeah. was. Uh, it was rough. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. Hell yeah. Jeez. Do we have well, any we questions? Did, um, do, I was going to say, we did these we, sweet, I think uh, we do. sweet ratings. Why don't we do some questions? Yeah, I feel like we have two, at least. I think we have one from Matt and one from Anthony. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I can read the uh, the one from a uh, friend of the podcast, Anthony Martinez, uh, here, if you'd like. Let's hear it sure from Anthony. Right, Anthony me. says, hey, guys, it seems that a common theme in sci-fi movies is scientists trying to fix a human issue, but end up creating a worse problem. Yeah, go figure. So my question is, why are all scientists evil? Just kidding. The question is, <laughs> how there, has there ever been a situation where trying to solve a problem has ended up more deadly than the original problem? Keep up the great show. Thank you for your question, yeah, Anthony. Thank, thank you. you very much. Well, I feel like we did touch on this in an episode before where we talked about introducing an invasive species intentionally into mm-hmm. another environment. We did talk about that. I mean, that was yeah. very like, you know field biology related you know it wasn't like we were in a lab trying to do stuff um but i mean there's definitely always the potential for stuff to go wrong like we generally try as a community i think to not like when we're working with viruses to not try and make like stronger forms of the viruses than are already in existence because Mm -hmm. you don't really gain much benefit from studying that and there's really only public health negative implications from that but For sure, it's true. I'm sure there are scientists who are a little radical with things like that. I will say that, and uh, without getting too like conspiratorial, there are cases in which um, scientific experimentation has been carried out by governments, by government bodies, yeah, uh, 
to very ill effect, especially often to those the citizens of whatever that government is. Um, and that certainly feeds the fire of um, science being evil. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I think it's rare, especially these days, for scientists to be particularly malicious in their atten- intent. Yeah. But that is not to say that it has not been misused in the past. I, yeah, I feel like there's not often that like revelation where the scientist like looks down and then looks at the world around them and is like, now we're reaping what we've sowed. Like normally yeah. they're not like, why did I have to play God? I don't think there's that big revelation a lot of the times, but there are, especially in the past with like experimentation on prisoners, there are things that, yeah, maybe we learned a little bit, but the cost was definitely unethical and not worth it to yeah, like put absolutely. patients through things like that without their consent and like essentially experiment on like inmates and people like that or prisoners of war and stuff like that other countries have done that and i guess we did too probably but um yeah mm-hmm. so that's yeah, definitely I, something that i think would be a net negative <laughs> yeah for sure i mean kind of feeding off of what sean said i i would say that there's very very little science that gets done that i would say is inherently evil and sciences are really and rarely inherently evil they're just trying to understand the world around them i think a lot of it comes down to the way in which the technology developed by scientists is utilized yeah and for what purpose I'm, because i was i was just gonna say i mean i think a great example of that is uh that of nuclear fission um i mean nuclear sure. fission was discovered by two german uh chemists otto Hahn and fritz strassmann in 1938 and then four years later, the Manhattan Project started. Um, yeah. And right, I, exactly. I think that's the kind of thing that just snowballs into something that can be used for uh, for evil. And, I, man, I got to tell you, every scientist I know burns up inside every time there's, like, a mad scientist shtick. Like, it's fun for Hollywood and stuff like that, but, like scientists fucking things up in a movie is so frustrating <laughs> yeah there's also it's like so overdone when there are like yeah. renegade individuals this is not to say that every scientist is ethically pure but i'd like to think that the scientific community as a whole does adhere to the scientific method and generally has the a critical eye for the data being presented and stuff so there are a lot of times where scientists will try and present something and their peers are like, this is garbage. And then the person just goes to the general public and mm-hmm. sometimes people just eat that shit up, like with lobotomies. Like that guy tried to present that Ugh. to, um, you know, at conferences and some people at the conferences were like, wow, he's kind of onto something. And other people were like, this is insane. Like you don't know enough about what you're doing to be stabbing ice picks in people's brains. And mm-hmm. then they just go and it's it's the equivalent of like, releasing like going to the media and like releasing an interview or like a news article you're just like well instead of going through the scientific community i'll just go to people who don't work on science and just see if they'll believe me like yeah that that stuff does happen and that is unfortunate but on the whole i think the scientific community does a good job policing other scientists i agree we are very hard on one another yeah seriously i got i got my reviews back tell me about it (laughs) well no (laughs) No, Sean, no. <laughs> um, but thanks for the question, Anthony. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Thanks, Anthony. Okay, so we also have a question from friend of the show and patron, Matt Licari, otherwise known as Bugs, and he says, this is a direct quote, Sup, if I kept water in my mouth for eight weeks, what would happen to it? Boogs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Boogs. That's very yeah, good. thanks for the question. Okay, 
Kenan, I want to hear your answer because mine's different, but I thought about this a lot. Yeah, hell yeah. So um, there is actually a uh, clinical name for this, and it's uh, MASD, moisture-associated skin damage. Um, and if you are ex- if you are exposed to uh, water for an extended period of time, and I don't actually have like a number for that, but um, I'll, I'll get to that in just a second. Basically, if you're exposed to water for an extended period of time, and this is on the outside of your body, not on the much more tender epithelial cells on the inside of your mouth, uh, you can actually get like skin erosion, you can get inflammation, you get like severe dermatitis after slower, amount, uh, uh, shorter amounts of time. Uh, there's some really super great pictures of periwound uh, moisture-associated dermatitis. Ew. Ew. Uh, I think it's called yeah. like ultra pruny syndrome, right? Yeah, basically. You get what's known as maceration where like the areas that have been pruned will turn white or gray because it's become like very, very soft. Uh, you're basically turning your skin to mush. Um, that is a little happens. more grotesque than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's fucking awful. So, uh, Matt, don't do it. Your mouth will fall apart. You want to know my yeah. answer? Because it yes. won't. You are constantly excreting saliva <laughs> all the time on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> and if you point. do, and you are swallowing the saliva all the time, That's trust true. me, I used to work on the salivary glands. Well, so what uh, What about regular water, Sean? Like, because your saliva is not regular water. I'm saying... Yeah, saliva's got all that proteins you, and enzymes in I'm it. I'm saying mm-hmm. if you put a bunch of water in your mouth, it would continuously try and fill up with saliva and you would not be able to hold all of the liquid in your mouth. I see. Okay. And also you would still eventually, you would eventually, you're saying you would eventually explode. Your mouth would explode. I'm saying you would either yeah, spit sure. out the stuff that's in your mouth or you would swallow and that would be gross because it would have been sitting in your <laughs> mouth for a long time. I think honestly- Also, wouldn't you fall asleep? Yeah, you'd probably re- fall asleep too, Bugs. Maybe. I, don't, I also don't remember the exact number, but I know that like, so there were some- studies where people collect like passive saliva drool from humans and stuff and it's literally like a mill of saliva in like 30 minutes of passive drooling so that in is a day wow that's a that's lot like 48 oh my mils god that's so saliva. gross like you're swallowing a lot of saliva on the day-to-day that is which i know is pretty gross nasty. but i'm saying your mouth would fill up with saliva <laughs> ew all right, that's ew, super gross. Ew, we have ew. one more question, then we got to end the show before my computer dies. Let's do it. We have one last question from Lauren Pace, a friend of the show. Thank you, Lauren. Um, we already one of them was how close are we to actually creating similar organs? Uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but I think the more likely way that we'll actually eventually make organs is is not. It'll probably be depend on the organ itself, right? But uh, probably more likely to be organically and not mechanically. Agreed. I would say. Um, or maybe a hybrid, of them. right? Yeah, unless you're creating buttholes, then you're just like <laughs> you're all organic there, baby, all organic there. What was uh, um, what was her other question? So, it sounds like you're um, selling like high end food, mar- like to white people. High, like, yes, this is yes, GMO right. free organic butthole. G- GMO free, all all natural. This is uh, a fair trade butthole. <laughs> Yeah, fair trade butthole. Uh, the other question was, how many volts of electricity does it take to incapacitate a human being? Because Jude Law was using, like, tasers the whole time. They're always, like, incapacitating these people with tasers, right? Um, which I think it's, a, I, th- I believe it's about a hu- about 100 volts. He was using that tasers that whole time? Oh, yeah, he was tasing people the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Whenever they would in- incapacitate people to take their organs, they wouldn't kill them I thought they with, were like, a gun. They would, 
No, they were little. They were making no, buzzy, zappy noises. The I'm going to change dark. my sides to zero out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll drop mine down too. Fuck you, Repo Man. But I, I think it's around around a hundred volts that would they would do this. People people worry about being killed with like 120, 140 volts. The electrical chair is two thousand volts. Oh, I learned that. That'll do it. Um, yeah, that'll definitely do oh. it. Um, but I would say you're getting dangerous once you get into that triple triple sig fig range there. Fair enough. So yeah, I mean, like you could, it would hurt a lot, but yeah, it might kill you. Um, all right, guys, we did it. We did this terrible movie. Thank you for your question, Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. Yeah, thanks for the question, Lauren. Uh, and that's going to do it today for us in the Real Science Cast. Uh, thank you for listening to our episode. Um, a couple of just quick things. Uh, we have a Patreon if you'd like to support our content. Um, the content will always be free, but your hard-earned dollars will go towards improving the quality of our podcast. True, true. Uh, so if, if this appeals to you, uh, you can find us. Search for Real Science Cast. Uh, on Patreon. Yeah. And thank you to Otis McDonald for the use of our theme song, Third Eye Blimp, uh, for our intro and outro. We love it very much. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. That's going to do it. That's going to do it for us. Remember, um, you you need to XXOO Real Science Cast. You, you goof that up. You, yeah, you well, I'm gonna let you do it again. Not XXOO. XXOO. <laughs> no, no, no. I always do kiss, kiss, hug, hug. Oh, okay. My name In is that Kevin order. Smith. I would say you don't need good science to make a good movie, but Repo Man didn't have either. <laughs> Ooh, do you want to do Hellboy? Let's do Hellboy. Pace, you're picking good um, movies, but you're picking movies that are not helpful. <laughs> I know. It's okay. Kenan um, picked Repo Man, so he can't yeah, really Yeah, you know what? On, I will fucking own that mistake. Do that you guys want to do uh, Space Jam? I mean, I Space, absolutely want to do Space Jam. You're going in the Jam. wrong direction here, bud. I don't know, dude. Those monsters are pretty scientific. Michael's um, secret stuff.